Welcome to another episode of the Hood Grace Podcast. Uh, this is your boy, Pastor Rudy Rubio of the Reformed Church of Los Angeles in the city of Linwood. And um, today I have a very, very special guest, a close friend, personal mentor, spiritual father, coach, a good friend, you name it. Um, it's, he's the Reverend Eddie Aleman. Um, I'll allow himself to, to introduce himself first, and then I'll tell you what his real credentials are. So, um, Pastor Eddie, if you could just please tell us a little bit about yourself. Rudy, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, uh, well, my name is Eddie Aleman, and uh, I, I'm a pastor. did ministry in California for 10 years. Now I, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And yeah, I'm happy to be here with you. I, I, I really admire the work that you're doing in Lingwood. And it, it is so amazing to see how many people are hearing the gospel for the first time. Amen. And Amen. how many people are connecting with Jesus through the work uh, of, uh, that, that you and Chris are doing at uh, uh, RCLA. I'm, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> this is awesome. Amen. Now, now, let me tell you who he really is, okay? Let me tell you who he really is. So I met this, this amazing man of God about eight, nine years ago in the city of Paramount. Um, I was fresh out of prison, tattoos, weighed about 50 pounds less. Um, and my wife and I were looking for a home church. God drew us to Emmanuel Reformed Church in the city of Paramount. And I'll, I'll never forget um, that, that when we went up to church that day, I want to go drop off the kids at childcare. And when I came back, I see my wife speaking to this gentleman um, on the stairs, the foyer area of the church. And um, this gentleman, like, just received me, didn't care about my tattoos, didn't care about, you know, my physical appearance or, or anything, and just really started asking questions about my, me, how do we get there, just a real genuine, sincere concern and care. Um, after a few minutes, he excused himself and said this church was service was about to start. A few minutes later, I see him up there preaching. It was like, wow, the pastor of the church took the time to say hello to somebody new, get to know us. And you went from back then when I met you being yeah. the, the, the pastor of the Spanish ministries at Emmanuel Reformed Church to doing what? What is, what is your role now? Um, well, thank I remember that day. Really <laughs> thank you for, <laughs> for reminding you. <laughs> for reminding. You know, you, you and Edna and the kids, uh, you were really awesome. Uh, a great family to serve with us. And uh, I'm so excited. Um, I served Emmanuel Reformed Church from 2009 to 2014, so about f um, four years ago, yes. <laughs> I took a call to, uh, to the denomination as the director for leadership development and Hispanic ministry, so mm -hmm. I've been doing that uh, for, the last, um, for the last four years. So two years ago, my role changed to be the general secretary of the Reformed Church. In two America. months ago. Two months ago. You yes. said two years. Oh, I'm sorry. Two months <laughs> ago. Feels, two months feels like two years. <laughs> it feels like two years. Yeah, it's been two months ago, July 1, 2018. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So I I give direction and vision to, to our denomination. That's 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 my that's that's my call right now in ministry. Amen. So some of you may not know um, exactly what we're talking about. Um, I, me, myself, my co-pastor Chris, our church, the Reformed Church of Los Angeles, um, is a part of, I think it's the oldest continuous ministry functioning denomination in, Nor in North America. Yes, we 
Right now, we are 390 years old. Wow, 390 years so old. So we're going to be 400 years in 2028. So that's uh, we, we are the longest uh, denomination with continuous ministry in North America. With continuous ministry. And we started out as the Dutch Reformed Church. Yeah, it was, you know, the Dutch immigrants moving to North America in the 16, in the, that's, that, that would be uh, the uh, 15th century. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, they they began in in actually New York. They used to be called New Amsterdam. Wow! So the first our first congregation was planted in 1628. So it was the Reformation, and then shortly after the Reformed Church in America. Yeah, the <laughs> Reformation took you know you 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 see 16th century. Um, so we started in the 17th century. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So we belong to the Reformed Church in America. Um, my friend, my pastor, my, my coach and spiritual father um, is now the head, the general secretary of the Reformed Church in America. And, and to some of you, you may not see what the big deal is, you know, a man of God taking a role to lead the people of God. Um, but this is history. You, you not, not just a person, but you being in this role is history for our denomination, right? Yes. What, why is it history? Well, because uh, historically our denomination has been mostly Dutch, um, and then many of the, you know, I'm the number six general secretary, mm-hmm. so the ones before have been mostly Caucasian, mm-hmm. and not only within the Reformed Church in America, but, but in other denominations. You don't see racial ethnic leaders mm-hmm. uh, leading a major denomination in North America. Yeah, and I know that's always been one of your passions, to train up ethnic and minority leaders, um, Latinos, because we are Latino, you know, you guys, yes. you can see that's our specialty. Um, <laughs> and you've done great work, not to pat myself on the back, but yeah. like I, I am one of the products yes. of your discipleship. Yes. I am one of the products of you having invested in somebody who society would not blink yeah. an eye at twice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. People, I, I remember when, when, when I invited you to be one of our elders. <laughs> tell the story, please. <laughs> please tell the story. <laughs> Uh, I think we were at the uh, at the lake, at right? The lake, yeah, doing yes. baptisms. We were baptizing some people, and uh, and you were serving and helping and doing this, doing yeah. that. And then I said, Rudy, you know, we are choosing. We we need to select some elders, and and I think you could be one of them. Yeah. And, and then you you look at me and say, Are you serious? I looked at my <laughs> tattoos and I like like you look me. Look at your tattoos and you know you say, Really? Do you think <laughs> I can be an elder? Do you think I can serve communion? Yeah. Do you think I can you know go and pray for people as an elder of the church? Yeah. And, and I remember you told me the story afterwards that you were praying that God would give you an elder and that God get sending you to me and you were like, No, God, not him. <laughs> <laughs> no, God, not him, not that him. Doesn't look like a regular <laughs> elder, you know. We need somebody, <laughs> somebody different. Yeah, yeah. But when God calls, God calls, and Amen. we just we just need to follow. And and I'm so glad that you said yes yeah. to that invitation. Yeah. And and you 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 did great as an elder, and now you're doing awesome as a pastor. Yeah, and I remember um, about a year or two after that. Um, one day he just said, hey, you know, I want to take you and your wife out to dinner. You pick the restaurant. We'll go wherever you want. <laughs> and I was looking at my wife like, we've gone out to dinner with the Malab, but I wonder why he's so enthusiastic about <laughs> taking us out to dinner. And like, you pick the place. <laughs> and little did I know that before that night was over, God would have used you to plant a seed in our yes. hearts about church planting. About church pl- you know, church planting for me, really, I, it has been, uh, well, it has been, it's, it has been my ministry. 
I have planted uh, myself six congregations and I have helped in the planting of another 14, so 20 church plants. I have wow. been involved in 20 church plants. Wow. And, and for me, this is my passion. This is my calling in ministry. And, um, and, and that's why I invited you to, to consider becoming a church planter. And do you remember what I said? <laughs> Heck no. <laughs> this is crazy. No, I will never be a church planter. I'm not even going to be a pastor. But I'll never forget that night, yeah. my wife and I, we drove out to South Central. Yeah. We went to go look at that church building, um, Hope and Faith Community yes. Reform Church, remember? Yes, I remember, yeah. On Florence and the 110 freeway Florence between Broadway and, and Figueroa. 110, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I remember that we said, God, if, if, if you're calling us to plant a church, we never want to have to worry about a building. Yeah. And, and it seemed like at the time that might have been a possibility. And, and God shut the doors on that. It never happened. And at about the same time, Emmanuel Reformed Church invited me to come on staff. And, um, and, and we took that invitation, and yeah. it just took us to one step further to being formed and shaped and, and prepared. Yeah. It, it was part of the process that God was uh, putting together to, to take you to, to where you are right now. Amen. So how many years did you uh, were on staff at Emmanuel? Um, it's, I think it was about five years, four, four, five four, years. four, four five, five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, four or five years. Very formative. I have great memories from Emmanuel. I learned a lot um, that, that helped me uh, be the person that I am today in ministry. Um, but you know what? I can't imagine myself doing yeah. anything other than being a church planter. Yeah, that's great. I, I can't. I can't. I used to think that was crazy people doing that like you, you, you're blessing my heart Rudy, if I say <laughs> that you know because I uh, when I had that conversation with you I, I, I challenge you as I challenge you know all of the pastors that I have trained and equipped for church planting and and it is a it is a real joy to see what God is doing through you and through Chris through uh, for, at uh, RCLA so it's it's it's, ama it's amazing to hear that you are excited about that and you are looking into the future not only not only about that congregation but also multiplying out of out of RCLA that's 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 great yeah Chris and I have talked about planting a church within the first three to five years. Um, we don't know what that's going to look like or where, but it's already in our budget. It's in our vision frame. Like we need to be a multiplying church. So, um, yeah, th th that's just a little bit of who Pastor Eddie is, who he's been to myself and to my family. Um, true story, full transparency. I'm going to bear my chest. When I when I married my daughter uh, last July, I married. I had the privilege of marrying my yes. daughter to her husband. And um, I remember my daughter saying, Daddy, if you make me cry. <laughs> And mess up my makeup before the pictures. I'm going to kill you. And, and, and I said, no, I'm going to be okay. But secretly, secret, secretly, okay? I had said, Pastor Eddie, I need you to be in the front row so that if yes. I can't finish, I'm just going to tag you in like I, a lucha libre. And take over. <laughs> you come in and take over and finish marrying them. But you did a great job, Rudy. And, yeah. and I was so proud of you. I was so excited to see you actually doing, doing actual ministry. And blessing your own daughter. Amen, amen. And, and it was it, great. So I, I was glad to be to be present and to support you and it was uh, you know i was looking at you blessing your daughter uh marrying her and i said lord thank you thank you for all of those uh, uh months and years that you gave me the opportunity to work alongside rudy mm -hmm. to equip him to train him now to see him doing doing that pastoral ministry with his own daughter for me that was a, a 
that, that was a joy. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I'm, and and I'm, the I'm next step will probably be to baptize my granddaughter. Yeah. So for some of you guys out there that are not paedo-baptists, so what? I sprinkle babies. Deal with it. Okay? <laughs> um, but I, I would like for you to share with us, you're taking on, on a role, a huge role, as, as a new general secretary yes. for the Reformed Church in America. What are some of the things that excite you? Now, yeah. now that you're coming to, to, to have the opportunity, like you said one thing a long time ago um, when, when you were leaving Emmanuel, you said something about fishing. And you said, I'm going to go fish in a bigger lake or, or a bigger body of water now, you yeah. know? Yeah. But now it's like you got an ocean that you can fish out of, you yes. know? So w- what excites you about now being the general secretary for the Reformed Church in America? You know, the, the uh, people ask me that question, Rudy, pretty often. And, and, and honestly, for me... I believe that the greatest the greatest things in life happen only happen outside of the comfort zone. Yes, definitely. So if you are within the comfort zone, nothing awesome happens. So you're definitely out of your comfort zone. I am really out of my <laughs> comfort zone. <laughs> so, but I'm excited. You know, yeah. this is this is the calling of God for me for my life. You know, I uh, being 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 the first uh, uh, Latino uh, leader leading a, a major denomination mm-hmm. in North America is it's a big deal. It's huge. It's so huge. for me, it's like Lord, what am I doing here? Yeah. So I'm I'm opening, you know, I'm opening doors for those Latino leaders like you that will be coming after. Amen. And and I'm just asking God, Lord, uh, what are you doing? Yeah. Help me understand what is it that you're doing. So so I'm I'm way out, out of my comfort zone, but it is it is a what excites me more is that I have the opportunity to cast vision for a new day in the Reformed Church in America. Amen. So there is a new day coming in the Reformed Church uh, in America. There is a new day coming. There is a new day coming, and, and the greatest uh, blessing that I have is to really cast vision, to talk about the possibilities of reaching the lost for Jesus, to talk about the possibility of church planting. So, so I'm casting the vision right now that we... You know, we are a little more than a thousand churches. Okay. That's that's what we are right now. That's that's our side. So we're not a, a big denomination. But that's not chump change either. It's not yeah. peanuts either. Yeah, it, it's a it's a, yeah, we're about eleven hundred churches mm-hmm. um in the US and Canada. So I'm casting the vision for the next twenty years. Wow. So the next twenty years we need to double the number of churches. So we need to plant one thousand churches. Wow. So that's that's about that's about a, a church a week. Wow. So one new church every week. And and this is not only about it's, it's not only about the the, the building or mm-hmm. the church. It's about making disciples. Amen. You know Jesus never called us to plant churches. No. Jesus called us to go and make disciples. <coughs> so but the best way to make disciples is through the planting of churches. Mm-hmm. So that this really excites me. <coughs> um when we talk about uh, when you ask me about what is exciting for you in this new in this new role, in this new position, is the, is the opportunity to cast vision uh, to plant churches yeah. and to really be involved in, in, in global missions. Yeah. So. That, yeah, that's, that's awesome. As I hear you saying that, um, I, I've seen, so when we were going through the whole process of, of planting church, of planting this church, um, Chris and myself went through, you know, a numerous amounts of training and, and we had a, f- a form our vision frame that I shared with you this yes. morning and, mm-hmm. you know, where we want to go, how are we going to get there? What are the tangible markers to let us know once we've gotten there? Um, but discipleship, to see people's brain yeah. exploding with knowledge of Christ and then to see it just pouring out of their hearts yeah. is, is amazing. 
Yeah, it's that's that's the new life that the Bible talks about. You know, yeah. when somebody gets a uh, starts a relationship with Jesus, and somebody really understand what is it that Jesus came to this world to do, and then put it into practice, that that is that, that is amazing. That is awesome. It's awesome. I got a, I got a text this morning from a, a friend from from church. Her name her name is Grace. Grace, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm going to put you on blast. But it was as a pastor, it's beautiful. She said that she had a, a moment when she invited a friend, a coworker, to church, and and she was so excited about that because I think she said she had on worship music, and the girl asked her if she was a Christian, uh-huh. and she said, "Yeah, are you? Well, I'm, I'm Catholic, but I've been wanting to to go to church, but she's not really sure because of the family dynamics. But just to see the excitement that she got yeah. from being able to share a little bit of her faith." Yeah. As I felt like shedding a pastoral tear of joy, you know, like, yes, that's what it's about, <laughs> yes, you know, exactly. that, that's what it's about. Um, so ha- have you had a chance yet to adapt to your new role? Because I know you travel more than, than some <laughs> tourist agencies, you know, it's like you're all over the place. I have a little miles now. <laughs> hey, can I get some of those for my vacation? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, that changed, Rudy. Uh-huh. It's only been eight weeks. So one of the first things that I did, um, I'm hiring new people that will be uh, helping helping me accomplish the vision that we have. Okay. So we hired a new director for church multiplication. Okay. So this this uh, this person is is um, tasked with uh, with cra- crafting. You know, no, the vision is already is already established. Now crafting how we're gonna accomplish that. Okay. How we're gonna go about planting 1,000 churches. So that's a new person that we hire. We just hired the new director of global mission. Wow. I JP. Uh, JP. That's, that's the homie. I know him. <laughs> JP. Yeah. That's the homie. Yes. <laughs> <the> homie. <laughs> yes. He's a great leader from India. Yeah. So this is, J- J- I'm, I'm sure that JP is going to do a great job. Yeah. So so I'm doing I'm doing that. I'm just putting my team together gotcha. right now. So that's, that's the first the first thing I'm doing, I'm gonna hire a, a, a coordinator for prayer also. That's that's imperative uh, that we have that because we we need to pray. We we don't need to we don't need to have a season of prayer. We need to become a denomination that prays consistently, all consistently. the time. Consistently. So so I'm I'm in the process of putting so I'm in the process of putting my team together. Okay. Um, and just clarifying our vision and direction. So I'm I'm adapting slowly. Okay. And then you know. Doing the travels that I need to uh, to, to make uh, to connect with uh, our denomination. I was in Iowa last week. I'm going to California in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I'm in that process of, you know, learning what it means to serve as the general secretary yeah, of yeah. a denomination. Yeah, it used to be hard for me to get a hold of them before. And now it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I gotta call on a secretary to get to another secretary just to find out his calendar. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's one of the things that I love about this man that that he is yeah. always accessible. None of th- none of that stuff's changed. My number is the same. So. Your number is the same. He hasn't changed it. <laughs> um, my friend Ben Aguilera is on here asking a question. It's an inside joke between he and I. Okay. But he always, every time I, I, I post something, he'll be like, well, what would Calvin say? <laughs> or what would, what would John Calvin do? And he said. Ben is a good guy. He said, ask him what he thinks about Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Calvinist, Ben. <laughs> Calvin is a good guy. <laughs> Calvin is the homie too, Ben. Ben, ben is also a church planner in Holland. Uh, I'll give him a shout-out at the Boulevard yes. Church in Holland. Yes. Uh, when I heard that he was going to plant a church in Holland, I was like, that's crazy. There's already like a million Reformed <laughs> churches in Holland. Why do you need one yeah, more? But but 
There's churches that are being closed down. Yes. So there's a need for, for something new and innovative. So we pray that. Actually, that I preach in a f- funeral of a church. Um, wait, wait. Can you say that again? You preach at a what? <laughs> I preach at a funeral of a church. At a funeral of a church. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, churches have uh, also their life cycle. Mm-hmm. And uh, this congregation did ministry for for 126 years. Wow, 126 years. And it's changing. It's it's, it's changing. It's, yeah. it's it's changing. And my hope is that they they will refocus to to start an, a great ministry in that location. That's awesome. Well, I pray that Pastor Ben and the Boulevard Church will bless that community of Holland, uh, as I'm sure he will. Um, and that we'll have another 999 more churches <laughs> to bless other communities to reach our thousand. That that's a big dream. Yes, a thousand churches. I remember when we were going, when Chris and I were going through our our church planting training. They said you have to have big God dreams. Exactly. Like we have a big God. You know, your vision really needs to be so big that you cannot accomplish it yourself. Yes. You need God to help you. Yes. Oh, definitely. So if your vision is is is, is you know if you are able to accomplish your vision that's not big enough it's for not god. big enough because then we did it then you did it yeah so you need a vision that is huge yeah that only god can do it that's scary though it is it's, it it's is. scary it's scary but a thousand churches i think god could do that and more and you know and, and this will be different kind of churches you know we're trying to redefine what it means to church mm-hmm. uh some people for, for some people when you talk about church mm-hmm. they're talking about you know buildings building and, sound uh, system sound system smog machines you know, smog smoke machines <laughs> and all those kind <laughs> some of those maybe yeah. would be like that but what we're talking about uh uh, uh, small church, micro yeah. churches, churches in coffee shops, home church, churches, home churches, and all yeah. of that. Going back to the New Testament, because Acts if you too, yeah. if you read the New Testament, mm-hmm. if you read the Gospel, you, re- you read the Book of Acts. Mm-hmm. How did the churches started in the New Testament? Yeah. It was all of those were house churches. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I was in my devotions today. Acts two and three was part of it, and and Paul. No, I'm sorry, in Colossians, yeah. and and Paul tells him. Um, he tells does he tells them to to sh- to read that letter and then show it to the church in Laodicea. And yeah. Then he says, and tell Archippus, you know, and the ch- and tell the such and such and the church in her home, yeah, and yeah. tell Archippus not to um, not to forget the ministry that he's been called to and to carry it out. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, there was house churches, you know, it was Eddie's church in his home, Rudy's church in the living yeah. room, you, you know. Yeah. I was preaching last Sunday on, you know, a church invited me to preach in Iowa. And they were talking about uh, uh, unity or being one, the idea of being one. Mm-hmm. And uh, they gave me the text of First Corinthians one, okay. when Paul is talking about the this unity because uh-huh. some people were following, you know, some 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 were following mm-hmm. uh, Peter, some were following Apollos, mm-hmm. Paul. So it is interesting that that the, the letter says, and, mm-hmm. and and Paul is is clear in that letter of First Corinth First Corinthians uh, chapter one. He said, I, "I have heard from the household, from the from the household of close mm-hmm. uh, church, and then he talks about the the household of Stephanus. Mm-hmm. So those were Stephanus, the jailer. Yes. Okay. Close and Stephanus. Chloe so he said, Stephanie, you know, yeah. the, the 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 house churches are doing better than you guys <laughs> <laughs> because you are fighting and you're following different kinds of different people. Yeah. Yeah." And these house churches are doing better. So, yeah. so he's saying, you know, it's not about it's not about who preaches. Uh-huh. It's about Jesus. Amen. 
it's about uh, growing in faith as 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 you know as as new believers and all that. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that the New Testament talks about house churches more than established churches with buildings and, and, and steeples and all that. And not that there's anything wrong with big churches and steeples and smog machines, but I, I, I honestly, I, I think of how our church started. Like, like I'm speaking from my experience, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of people have been asking Chris and myself, and it's like, bro, I'm not, I'm not an expert. I can just tell you about the experience that we've had. But Good experience. RC, RCLA started in a park. We started in a park. That's right. And, and as, a matter of, <laughs> as a matter of fact, yesterday uh, was our one-year anniversary of yeah. the very first worship service we had. Yeah. And it, yeah. Was, it was at Linwood Park. Um, and we started off with about 30 people. Uh-huh. And by the grace of God, just this past Sunday, we hit over 100. Praise God. In, in, Praise in, the Lord. In, in one year. And a year ago, these people didn't have any connection and relationship with Jesus. No. No. Some of these people. Some of those people, yes. And some of those people we have baptized. We've had the privilege this year, we baptized 18 people. Yeah. Two whole households, just like in the New Testament in the book of Acts. Exactly. You know, and we have two more households that we'll be baptizing next month in October, uh, including two babies. Yeah. Um, we're going to be baptizing mom, dad, mom, and three children, one of them an infant. Um, because we sprinkle babies, we're pedo yeah. Baptists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so some of my Baptist friends are like, "Oh, he's crazy! What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, <laughs> um, But but it's it's amazing to see how God works, and to just sit back and say, "Who am I yeah. that you would consider me to, to to work for you?" Exactly. So so that's why for us, uh, as we move on in the in the RCA, we're gonna be also looking into global church planting. Wow. So we're going to uh, start connecting with the church in India, in, in China, in Latin America. You know, because you see the, the, the movement of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in, in, in an amazing way in, in the Global South. So our church multiplication team is going to start working and connecting with the global church. Mm-hmm. To both learn and also to focus on, on also church planting in different parts of the world. That's, that's, that, that's amazing. Um, our good friend, Pastor Ken Corver from Emmanuel Reformed Church, sent a shout out to us okay. saying hello. Um, friend Jesse from Compton is saying hello. And uh, Joanna Barrio, our worship director, she's always got, <laughs> she's always got something smart to say. To us, you yes. know? But uh, these are all people that I love dearly. Um, f- for those people that, don't, that have never heard of the, of the Reformed Church in America, what is one thing you would like to share with them before we end this afternoon? Yeah. About the Reformed Church. In Anything America. you would like for people to share that don't know about the Reformed Church, something that you would like to share with them okay, that so, they need to know? Yeah, yeah. So so we we have been doing ministry for almost 400 years. Wow. And uh, we're in the process of uh, looking into what is it going to mean as we move on in the 21st century. Okay. So we're in that process of redefining who we are. Amen. Uh, rethinking our work, rethinking our ministry. But one thing I want to say is that we love Jesus. Amen. And we're committed to the work of the kingdom. We're committed to to the expansion of the kingdom. We're committed to the proclamation of the good news to the world. But we're just looking, sitting back and say, okay, how are we going to do this in the 21st century? Yeah. After 400 years, you know, we have learned a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But things need to be done differently as we move on uh, for the next century. And that's, that's, I think, one of the things that I always appreciated about you. Um, that you let me 
do mm-hmm. things the way God created me to, to, to do. Yes. I'll never forget about six, seven years ago when I said, um, I think we were, uh, Hermano Samuel Alvarado was about to be planted. Yes. And for some reason, I remember like the money wasn't there, the funds needed, and, yeah. and, and we were talking about raising funds, and I had just went to Rhetoric with uh, P4CN, the Passion for Christ movement, yeah. my friends over there at a big old huge spoken word concert, and I said, what if we did something like that? And you were like, we're here. And I go, yeah, you said, go for it. And I was like, oh, that was easy, you know, <laughs> but not everybody felt that way. Yes. And it turned into, into an annual event where thousands of dollars were raised yes. for church planters. And we weren't changing the message. Yes. We were just changing in the way it was delivered. Exactly. Different. Different. Very different. Very right? different. Hearing hip hop blaring out of the sanctuary of an and, old Dutch Reformed church. And I remember that made a lot of people un- uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But it was good. It was. <laughs> it was great. People came to <laughs> faith. Um, and there was a lot of networking that happened at yes. these annual events. I have some friends that I love dearly. Yeah. And a lot of connections were made because of these events. So I, I appreciate leaders who are not scared yeah. of, of, of making certain changes. The message doesn't change. Yeah. It's just in how we present yeah, it's it. It's a delivery. Yeah. A different yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. The message remains same, remains the same. It's not diluted, it's not convoluted, it's not changed. The gospel is the gospel. Is Even the gospel. for me that was something very new. Uh-huh. I never I never knew any of that existed. That, <laughs> that gave me the opportunity to get to know a lot of new people yeah. and that now are my friends, so yeah, God is good. I'm grateful to be to be um, serving with you and, and under your leadership in the Reformed Church in America. Um, for me, it was a huge privilege in November when you when you uh, commissioned my, my brother Chris Marquez and myself yes. as pastors to RCLA in Linwood, because I feel it's like it's, it was like a complete circle. Yes, you know where mm. somebody embraced me coming into church for the very first time. Yeah, doing something that 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 nobody else probably would have done, but you did it. Yeah. You didn't want to listen to God at first because you kept saying no, God, no, God, <laughs> but, but but you did. Yes. And, and you mentored me and you discipled me and you poured into me. And I still see the pictures where I'm on my knees with my hands outstretched yes. and you commissioning us and blessing us, you yes. know. And it's like, thank you, Jesus. I also I, I, I still also had the picture when I ordained you as, as an, an elder. elder, right? <laughs> on my knees as well. Yeah. On your knees as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had that blessing. Amen. And, 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 and living on our knees as men of God is where we need to be to constantly stay in prayer, submit yeah. to him. Uh, and, and willing yes. to be his servants, whatever that means. And thank you for living up to your calling, Rudy. Thank you. You have been faithful to the Lord, and I sure, I'm sure that God will continue to do great things through you. I want to hear one, one phrase at the end of it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Step into the joy of your master. Amen. That's it. That's Amen. it. Well, everybody, I think that's it. Is there anything else you want to say, Pastor Eddie, to no, the people listening to us? No, thank you. Thank you for those that are listening. I hope this has been uh, a blessing to you. And uh, my recommendation, encouragement to you is to continue to follow Jesus. Be a radical disciple. Carry your cross every day and follow, follow the Lord. Radical disciple. That doesn't mean sit in the pew on Sunday, hear a good message, amen it, and then go home and forget about it. Be involved. Uh, sit under somebody's authority and leadership. Learn, pour into somebody else. Yeah. Um, you know, lead your families, lead your children, do devotions, do Bible studies, pray for your food in public. Yeah. Be radical about our faith. Amen. Amen. 
Well, friends, uh, for now, that's it. Another episode in the books for Hood Grace Podcast. Glad that you tuned in, whether it's on the podcast audio or on Facebook Live. Up until next week, peace. Thank you. God bless you all.